This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. You're listening to Live and Learn with me, Darshan Johan. Wiki Impact is a online platform dedicated to sharing stories of the impact industry and highlighting change makers on the ground. On today's show, I'll be speaking to co-founder of Wiki Impact, Deborah Chan, to talk about how the organization has evolved since 2021 and their upcoming Top 100 Change Makers campaign. Welcome to the show, Deborah. How are you? Hey, Darshan. Thank you so much for having me. I think it's been a year plus since we last talked. Um, yeah, great to be back. The last time I think we were speaking via Zoom. So this time it's nice to see a face, talk to a real person. Really happy to be here to share a little bit about what's been happening uh, with Wiki Impact. Absolutely. Very excited to have you in the studio this time with me. So let's get right into it, right, Deborah? What exactly is Wiki Impact? What's the work that y'all focus on? Absolutely. Uh, to put it shortly, uh, Wiki Impact is an online um, platform dedicated to the impact industry. Uh, we share stories and data uh, on issues that uh, matter to us, uh, particularly on social and environmental issues. Uh, one of our big pluses is really trying to break down complex issues to make it simple for everyday Malaysians to understand. So, for example, issues of poverty, right? They are so interconnected, so complex that um, if I were to sit down and talk to people about poverty, they it, it can come from all kinds of angles, right? So what exactly is poverty? What is the data? Uh, what is the poorest state in Malaysia, for example? And then how can people then use the data and the stories that we share and actually put them in a place of uh, change-making, right? Um, how can we empower and inspire people to say, hey, look, there's a problem. How can I be the solution to it? And that's really the uh, the crux of why Wiki Impact existed, or rather why it was birthed in the first place. You talk about sharing stories. Um, how is it different um, from, let's say, a news website or, you know, a blog? What is unique about Wiki Impact? Right. Um, so, I mean, if you were to compare us to other mass media organisations, um, they talk and report about everything under the sun. Uh, for Wiki Impact, I think our focus is very, very, um, very much focused on social and environment, uh, environmental impact and moving that needle between knowledge to uh, action, right? Um, so the stories that we share, for example, if we're going to be talking about poverty and homelessness, um, to be specific, then we would want to be able to interview a change maker on ground uh, who is working with the homeless community, um, speak to them about their challenges, um, what is their day-to-day -day life, what are issues that they are facing, and potentially also maybe even go down on ground and, you know, talk to the uncle on the street that don't have a, a shelter over his head, right? Um, and bring his story alive because I think when it comes to complex issues, sometimes um, the, the masses can be very disconnected from complex issues. And when we put a face in front of an issue and we break it down to, hey, look, we're all human and everybody goes through problems. And um, is there a way that we can then bridge you know, uh, human to human and help people to have that emotional connection beyond the complexities of, you know, data and things like that. So we bring the human story forward uh, for Wiki Impact and then we lace it or rather layer it with data, um, you know, on uh, the numbers uh, of homeless, uh, for example, in the Klang Valley, where are they focused on um, or, you know, where is the majority of uh, homeless people kind of like living in? Uh, who are the organisations uh, working to help these 
those homeless people and then uh, really presented the, you know, the information to the masses so that they, um, it is clear for them that, hey, look, you know, if I am moved by this story, I have the information to then uh, actionize on it, right? And to, to actually, you know, uh, take the information, maybe contact a change maker on ground and um, potentially even visit an NGO and volunteer for the weekend. Yeah. That's what I find very interesting, right? Because it's it feels like a hub of sorts where all the NGOs, the change makers, as you've uh, put it, um, and people interested in the scene all can go to that one sort of place, right? Because um, I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I've seen y'all post some um, sort of job listings that NGOs have openings in. Um, if, you, if you're not sure, hey, what, is the, what are all the available NGOs in Malaysia? You can go to Wiki Impact. You'll have a map of all these things as well. Would you, uh, how do you contextualize that? Sure, um, Darshan. I'm glad that you brought that uh, up because uh, that was that's actually our iteration of uh, Wiki Impact 2.0, if I may okay. say, right? So when we first started, we thought, okay, stories and data would be sufficient to kind of like you know uh, uh, set the stage for social environmental impact, you know, um, and like having maps, having infographics, um, lots of stories, uh, bite-sized kind of IG posts would be enough. Then we realized that actually the impact industry really needed some sort of amalgamation coming together, right? Because there is, uh, there are, once we started kind of conversing with people who got interested with these stories, we realized that actually there is a, uh, there is a need to bring everything together. And what I mean by that is that if you were to look at the tech industry, maybe in the early 2000s, right, it was still super new. Nobody, nobody kind of like talked about, or rather like, you know, if you talk about a startup, right, there's a big question about what is startup, right? right? Um, Silicon Valley was just kind of like booming. And what exactly is the tech industry? But now if you look at it, the tech industry has, um, it's it's sort of, there is a structure to it Mm -hmm. where we, you know, that once you for example, like, you know, if, if a child comes to a parent, uh, maybe like, you know, a boomer parent and say, hey, look, you know, I'm working in the tech industry. No questions asked, right? <laughs> they would understand what the right. tech industry is. But let's say a parent, uh, a child came to a parent and say, hey, look, I'm working within the impact industry. What does that mean? Right. And so uh, with that sort of like ambiguity of what the impact industry is, we then realized that there is a gap to have a hub to uh, park things in a coordinated space where if I wanted to, as a Malaysian, if I wanted to understand what the impact industry is all about, come over to Wiki Impact and you will find listings, you will find events that are impact or purpose-driven, uh, you will find jobs that are, again, impact and purpose-driven, um, jobs actually within all sectors, um, not only talking about the NGO space or CSOs, uh, you know, the CSO space or even associations, but I'm also talking about the impact investing space and also, right. you know, within social enterprises, um, even CSR um, departments of uh, big big corporations, right? So it's a huge spectrum, uh, impact jobs. Uh, You also find information on like impact experiences, like things that you can do over the weekend that is both purposeful and it also lends to some sort of, you know, uh, a difference, a positive difference to uh, either society or or the environment. And so uh, that was our iteration sometime last year uh, in 2000, late 2022. And um, and then we revamped the entire website so that, you know, that it would become a hub that is more dynamic and uh, really 
hoping to kind of bring together and amalgamate uh, the impact industry. Yeah. So how has it been? Because the last time I spoke to you, um, like you mentioned, was um, 2021. It was a pandemic. Uh, we did it over Zoom. That was, that was when you all first launched. Now you all have evolved. How has the past couple of years been? Yeah, if I can just share just probably one uh, one or two uh, really great stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so with startups, you always have like an idea or like a business model or even a theory of change, right? Where you uh, think that this is... Uh, this is a gap that you're going to fill and um, let's just test it out and see whether it, it you know, it actually uh, meets, a, meets a need or not or whether right. it actually fills a gap. And so for Wiki, uh, Wiki Impact, it's also the same thing. Uh, we came up with the theory of change and then with the iteration of um, our 2.0 where, you know, we have all these listings, um, we wanted also some sort of validation to say, hey, look, actually people are looking for things like that, looking for jobs, events and experiences. And lo and behold, I think, you know, a few just a few months into to, uh, into the revamp of the website, um, we got news that, you know, at least um, uh, there, there were one or two people that came up to say, hey, look, I actually found uh, credible, sustainable jobs uh, mm-hmm. uh, on your website and subsequently, you know, went for interviews and then secured a job, right? And so um, I think these really great case studies are just kind of validations that uh, young people um, are looking for purpose-driven, mission-driven jobs um, and they are actively looking and it's it's just nice to know that you know our site has sort of served them in one way or another uh, aside from obviously you know serving current change makers on the show with me today is Deborah Chan founder of wiki impact we continue the discussion after the break keep it here on live and learn bfm 89.9 Welcome back to Live and Learn. I'm Dashan Johan. And on the show with me today is Deborah Chan, founder of Wiki Impact. And we're talking about Wiki Impact's plan for the rest of the year. So, Deborah, earlier this year, Wiki Impact released something very important, which is the transparency score of Malaysia's foundations. Now, it's pretty shocking that only about 2% of the foundations in Malaysia scored a A rating, right, on the transparency score, while 64% of the foundations had insufficient information and scored poorly. Um, first of all, could you um, explain for those who do not know what exactly is this transparency score and give us a sense of why some, um, and, you know, Malaysia foundations in Malaysia didn't do pretty well in this regard? Okay, Um Again, this is a um, original kind of research that mm-hmm. uh, that WikiImpact embarked on. Um, why we started with this was really that curious question, right? Uh, over coffee, um, how many foundations are there in Malaysia? Do we actually know? Uh, is there a uh, is there a website that we can go to to have a list of all the foundations in Malaysia? And the answer is no, right? Mm. Because it's it's all over the place. Right. Um, technically, uh, organizations can register their foundations uh, through various uh, associations or uh, various bodies within Malaysia. And so it really started from that that question of how many foundations are there in Malaysia. And we wanted to know their impact, uh, obviously. But before we can know their impact, uh, we have to know the numbers. Um, And then can we actually locate them, right, from the numbers? Um, And so we came up then with this uh, idea of 
let's start with the numbers. Let's try and source as many um, registered foundations as possible. Uh, and then from there, um, let's see how visible they are. Um, and with that visibility, we can perhaps maybe gauge their credibility, transparency, and, um, and also accountability. And the reason for that is because um, I think you and I know that there is a lot of money out there mm -hmm. and a lot of money also being channeled into foundations, right? But is the is the money then also channeled to where the areas of needs are? Uh, right. And are they actually most effective, right, um, in kind of like meeting the needs? Because I think everybody and every organisation has a part to play in Malaysia, um, most especially, I think, foundations because they were set up for good works, right? And so are they actually being effective in their good works? And so that really starts with transparency and, uh, and credibility. So a little bit about the um, the whole research, mm -hmm. uh, we then came up with a sort of structure or a baseline of how then can we uh, gauge uh, transparency as well as um, credibility of these foundations. And we we're looking around for like similar campaigns, I guess, within Southeast Asia um, and also um, countries like Australia, uh, the US and also the UK. And we realized that when it comes to transparency and credibility, uh, it really just needed to start with uh, communication, right? And so we looked at four pillars uh, of communication. The first is obviously impact reporting. Um, how much is how much is a foundation doing and are they communicating the impact, right? Mm. So because every foundation receives money from various places, uh, but what is the money being used for and how is that money uh, moving the needle in terms of the cause that they are championing. Um, so impact reporting is very important. That's one of the pillars that we looked at. Um, are impact reports easily accessible on their websites um, or even in within their annual reports and so forth? Uh, the other one is actually financial reporting. Obviously, you know, uh, the auditing of it, how much money is coming in, are right. they being uh, audited properly? Um, and then how much money is being, you know, uh, channeled out as well? Um that's the second pillar. And then, then we look at the kind of larger picture of communications. And um, in this world of tech, right, uh, obviously your website is the landing page. If someone wanted to know about you, it's like a name card that you give out, right? So is, the, is your website... Um, fully communicating everything that you are, that you stand for, mm -hmm. all the activities and the programs and your vision and your mission. Uh, above and beyond that, you know, is your is your website even working, right? Absolutely. If people are coming to your URL and it's a, it's a broken link, um, that tells me a little bit about your, uh, a lot about your organization, actually. And then finally, I think we cannot discount the fact that um, social media is necessary, um, especially if we're trying to uh, target young people and we're trying to inspire them and empower them to want to make a difference um, are we updating social media platforms um, and it doesn't really need to be a lot actually I mean you don't need to be everywhere um, you can choose one or two social media platforms and make sure that you update it on a frequent and consistent basis mm. right so so those are the four pillars that we looked at impact reporting financial reporting the website as well as um, social media so I noted that some organizations do not publish all the data. Why do you think this is and why is it necessary, um, in your opinion, to be transparent about these things? You know, because some people might say um, or people might not think about it too much, right? Because it's not politicians. It is not, you know, big tycoons necessarily, or that could be the assumption. So why is it important for all these people in this impact in, in uh, industry foundations, why is it necessary for them to be transparent? Sure. Um, I think, first of all, um, 
Many times, organizations do things because it is mandatory or it is regulated. Um, however, at this point in time in Malaysia, um, not all organizations within the impact space is mandated to publish every single thing, right? right. And so a lot of it is, um, so for example, like foundations registered under SSM, um, they are they are mandated to be audited, and uh, but the reporting can be done and audited and registered and signed, but it is kind of parked under SSM where we, you know, have to buy this data to uh, to be able to assess it and uh, and read it, right? Um, so not a lot of things are out in the open. Uh, however, if we really wanted to kind of uh, be more transparent and be over-communicative about what's happening within the impact industry, uh, there is definitely a need to communicate and talk about it because information is out there. Uh, when you don't talk about it, uh, silence is actually ignorance as well, right? And so people don't know what's actually happening. The good work, you don't want your good work to be kind of like hidden and, and you know, under the blankets right. as well, right? And so for organizations, there is a lot of plus to communicate, right? I think organizations or foundations within the impact industry really need to realize that the more they communicate, the more they build trust uh, with the masses mm -hmm. and the more they build a potential trust to actually build, uh, to to grow kind of potential uh, fundraising efforts as well, right? So, I mean, like if an organization, um, a giving organization, right, has money to give and they're looking around for um, NGOs to channel their money to, uh, where are they going to look, right? They're going to go on Google and they're going to search um, organizations working with homeless, right? right? And is your organization going to pop up? Uh, that's a big question. Mm -hmm. And is there sufficient information on your organization or what you do? Are there uh, impact reports that will give them the trust and the... Um, yeah, the, the trust that is needed for them to say, hey, look, you know, I'm, I want to potentially partner with you. Um, that is absolutely necessary. However, uh, having said that, Darshan, I think I have to qualify this, that um, many organizations within the impact space run on a very thin uh, human resource mm -hmm. team. And sometimes the last thing that they need is to hire a communications person. Right. right. Um, I say this because um, I understand that, uh, you know, resources are, are limited within the impact space. Um, and sometimes people double up uh, with things. But if they can kind of do the minimal of uh, reporting on a regular basis of every three months, a uh, very simple structure of impact reporting, um, maybe over social media, one or two posts a week, uh, nothing more than that, right? And to build a structure that works for the organization mm. and not be, you know, overachieving, um, that helps as well, right? That 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 would help an organization uh, build trust. Uh, one of the things that we've realized is that um, within the impact space in Malaysia, there is a trust deficit. Um, our organizations or our um, people with money globally pouring in, you know, um, investment or rather donations into NGO spaces within Malaysia. Right. Uh, I think that's a, that's a big question as well, right? Because I think within the, within the impact space, um, the impact organizations within Malaysia has to look beyond uh, money-giving organizations within Malaysia. There is money to be gotten outside of Malaysia, right? And how do you build that trust? Um, it is really through over-communication and having a credible um, 
credible platform that people can go to, look at, and uh, and know your organization for sure. Yeah. So now, hold, circling back to Wiki Impact specifically, um, what are your big plans, um, especially for the for the final quarter for the for the second half of the year? Yeah, I've, um, we are yes, we are right into like you know uh, the uh, middle of the year already, mm-hmm. and then. Um, the, the year has gone by really fast and we're looking at right. two campaigns that okay. we'll, we will be uh, launching uh, in September and then in October. Uh, one of it is uh, Bursa Top 20, where we are looking at the most profitable, top 20 most profitable companies um, in the stock market in Malaysia. And then looking at their uh, percentage of cash giving. Uh, we first launched uh, the inaugural uh, Top 20 Bursa uh, Top Givers uh, of Malaysia uh, Last year, and um, and then you know we've uh, we've gotten some interesting insights on how much um, profitable companies are giving out, and the reason why we kind of uh, started on that campaign as well is also to hopefully uh, encourage profit-making companies to do their part, right? Because, every again, everybody has a part to play uh, whereby, you know, if we can amplify the voices of people who are giving the most, um, then other companies will also hopefully rally together and say, hey, look, you know, uh, we can actually... Uh, make our profits go the extra mile uh, by giving it to other companies. So we'll be launching uh, Bursa Top 20 uh, sometime in October this year and we'll be looking again, yeah, at the most profitable companies and um, we're hoping to uh, share more insights on on that uh, and to see, you know, if the trends have uh, have changed a little bit or has it improved or declined um, and we'll love to kind of, yeah, uh, stay tuned on that. Uh, we'll be, yeah, yeah launching Sounds that. very exciting. As I understand, there's also this thing called the 100 Changemakers. Yep. Um, this is an annual exercise to celebrate change makers. Could you give me an introduction about um, this specific event and campaign? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you talk about um, awards per se, this really is not so much of an award because there is no physical, you know, a trophy to be given. Uh-huh. Uh, but it is an amplification of um, people within the the impact industry, change makers. Um, Specifically, I mean, if you look at the Grammys and the Emmys and all kinds of, you know, um, uh, award giving ceremonies, um, is there a sufficient celebration for people who are making a difference? Right. Um, there is like the Nobel Prize. Uh, yes. But I mean, the Nobel Prize is like way up there. Right. right. Uh, this one specifically is for Malaysians. Um, I mean, if, if you talk about like Forbes, uh, 30 under 30, mm-hmm. those are successful entrepreneurs and they, they ought to be celebrated because, you know, they've done all the hard work and they've achieved uh, success. Um, can we then also share the same spotlight on change makers within Malaysia itself? And when we talk about change makers within Malaysia, we're not just kind of limited to, you know, CEOs or even like, you know, founders uh, of organizations that they have started or, you know, C-suite change makers. But we're really looking at everyday Malaysian change makers who have dedicated their lives to certain uh, causes that they feel passionate about. And they are really playing their part and just giving back, right, Um, in terms of their career, their time, their efforts, and and so on and so forth. And so um, we, again, it was last year that we uh, launched uh, Wiki Impact 100, and we highlighted um, changemakers from various um, 
categories within mm-hmm. the impact space, right? Um, and uh, this year again, we're again highlighting another hundred change makers, and we've added a few other categories to them. Um, so we're looking at categories, for example, um, like. Uh, poverty alleviators, education, people who are making a difference within the healthcare sector, the environment, uh, impact influencers, right? Uh, people who are using their sphere or impact uh, um, space to actually make a difference, um, gender e- equality, youth empowerment. And this year we're adding tech for good, mm. uh, as well as uh, people who are making a difference within the arts and culture space. Right, that's absolutely wonderful. Could you give us a sense of how it works? Um, do, you, uh, do people apply and then you you sort of um, filter through and then pick the, the top 100. How, how does this process work? We open for um, applications or nominations um, for about three to four months earlier right. in the year. Um, and, you know, we do that through our social media um, uh, push. And um, this year, because... Uh, because we've already kind of highlighted 100 change makers last year, this year what we did was we then contacted the 100 change makers that were spotlighted last year and we asked them to nominate somebody. Oh, that's interesting. Be- yeah. The reason for that is because for our inaugural year last year, um, I think probably about 60% of them uh, consisted of co-founders, uh, CEOs, you know, people within the management level. Um, and this year we really wanted them to talk about people within the organization who has done so much but maybe they've not received the same spotlight as them right mm. because i guess if you're looking at the world wide web right not everybody has media mentions uh, not everybody has been featured on you know in the newspapers and so forth and so a lot of names or rather a lot of change makers are really kept under the radar but they really give a lot of their life and and time and effort into um again you know uh championing the cause that they believe in, right? So these people, we feel, need to be highlighted and they need that pat on the back. Lah. Um, to be honest, the funny thing is a lot of a lot of the people that I mentioned, uh, people who are, you know, under the radar, they do it not because of the, you know, the status or the yeah, limelight. <laughs> and, uh, and the funny thing is a lot of them have actually declined and say, hey, look, I'd, I'd rather not be highlighted. Uh, could you choose somebody else? Uh, so we've had to do a bit of awareness as well um, and, and to explain to them, hey, look, you know, it's not as if like we want to put you up on a pedestal, mm. but we just want to tell your story so that, um, so that your story can inspire another, you know, another somebody who's listening or who's reading uh your story and relate to uh, why relate to why uh, you would do um, do do what you do right um, and um, because everybody relates to different people and so we want your story to be told um, so they can inspire somebody else and empower somebody else to make a difference um, so thankfully you know if uh, once we've explained that um, most of them are totally fine with it yeah. What are some of the key observations and learnings from the exercise last year? I think, obviously, the the list is never-ending. There will always be changemakers who are worthy of highlighting. Um, The great thing is that the list is never-ending, right? And so... uh, even as we are creating a list for this year and looking through the nominations and doing the fact-checking uh, and also info-gathering, info uh, to be honest, the list is growing. There's way more than 100, 
but we have to we still have to kind of trim it down to 100 so one of the learnings is that um within the impact industry there are careers to be made uh, the mindset that most change makers are within the NGO space where, you know, uh, perhaps maybe pay is slightly lower and uh, there is lesser, perhaps maybe even career progression or uh, the sustainability of those careers are questionable. I think those sort of mindsets really need to be broken. That through this exercise, we've realised that people can make and can develop careers within the impact space and be sustainable in it. Um, many of our candidates that we have spotlighted They've been in the industry for like five years, six mm-hmm. years, some even, you know, decades. Um, and they've t- stayed true, right? Um, and that, you know, young people who are interested in stepping into the so-called space of impact, you know, impact or purpose-driven, mission-driven work, um, there is room for you to uh, use your skill, uh, whether it is in accounting or, you know, you don't have to have a degree in like, you know, uh, social welfare per se, right? right? Uh, A journalist can step into this space and Mm -hmm. be of good use. Um, Even, you know, for example, like an engineer engineer or even like an accountant, there is a space for everybody within this industry. Um, So that's one of our learnings. Um, The other one, obviously, is that... uh, as I mentioned just now, many change makers don't really want the spotlight and that might have to change uh, over time that if we want to see the impact space as a possible ground to uh, develop and to bloom, right, um, then more change makers have to step up and uh, talk about the costs that they are championing, uh, talk about their day-to-day work so that people understand what they're doing. Um, yeah, so these are, these are two of the main uh, lessons that we've learned. And if, and if good people don't take the spotlight, someone else is going to do it. Absolutely. So, so, you know, Deborah, youths in many countries in, in the region are, are mobilizing for change, right? Um, whether it's for climate action, social justice, other causes. Where does Malaysia stand in this regard, right? You've been observing the impact scene for some time now. Um, in terms of supporting policies, grassroots action, corporate partnership, social innovation, where do we stand? I think there is definitely a growing trend of youth coming into uh, the space of impact. Uh, it starts very much at uh, college, university level, right? Uh, so, for example, the the big event uh, in Taylor's called Youth Pack brought together, you know, hundreds of people uh, in June uh, just this year. Um, and they were talking about all kinds of issues from, you know, social to environmental impact uh, and bringing in key leaders. Um, but alongside these key leaders within this space were youth leaders, right, um, speaking alongside uh, people who have been in the industry for uh, maybe a decade. Um, youth, I think, with the growing uh potential in technology are becoming more vocal um, in the things that they want to champion and the things that they want to see for Malaysia um, and the Malaysia that they want to see in the future, right? Uh, And so definitely there is a a growing trend of, of youth both being more vocal as well as being more activated within that space as well, right? So um, I'll give you an example for, for Wiki Impact itself. Uh, we have interns ap- applying into our organisation almost every week, right? And uh, and they are p- 
passionate and they want to make a difference. They want to use their skill sets. They're not waiting until uh, until they finish school to mm. be able to, you know, be in that space of change making. Um, they want the experience now. They want to be able to gain as much experience as they can and to give them also like a feel of what exactly is the impact industry all about uh, before they launch themselves into whatever careers that they are uh, planning to go into, right? Uh, we, we see, you know, the uh, the big, big, breakthrough of like Undi 18, right? Uh, youth coming uh, in now to vote and, and make their voices heard, right? right? Um, just recently, there was a big fund um, uh, that YB Hannah Yo just um, launched uh, at AVPN this year. Uh, and that's that was for uh, Asian youth mental uh, health. Um, so I believe that there is a space and a growing space, increasingly growing space uh, for youth to be involved, uh, both at a sort of, I would say, maybe slightly more casual level when they're in at university level. Uh, but once they see that their voices are heard and that there is uh, that the needle is moving and there is change, uh, many of them are actually stepping into that, into that space and making careers for themselves, right? Um, being in a space of like think tanks or even policy development um, and really uh, wanting to Grow uh, their 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 voice there, and uh, eventually also um, yeah, seeing seeing bills pass and and so forth. Um, we're living in a very exciting time with technology uh, and accessibility uh, of of technology for youth. Um, I think Malaysia really is at the cusp, um, especially within the impact industry. Like, I think it's right. it's about time. Um, so uh, youth definitely step up. Yeah. Exciting times indeed. Um, Deborah, before we wrap this conversation up, would you have a final message for us? There is a change maker in all of us, whether you are working within the corporate space um, or even a homemaker at home, right? Um, or maybe even retired uh, all the way up until, you know, uh, youths that are just coming out of high school, college and university. There is a change maker in all of us. And Malaysia can only be better if all of us realise that we have a responsibility in making the nation a better place. So uh, instead of just having chats over coffee and talking about the state of the nation look at ourselves and see where we can be solution providers uh, for some of the problems that we have raised uh, because your impact will always have a ripple effect on not just this generation but the generation to come. Deborah, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Darshan. That was Deborah Chan, founder of Wiki Impact. If you've missed any part of our conversation, you can also check us out on podcasts. So we are available on the BFM app, BFM.my, or pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.